Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron laughed. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Couldn't even, couldn't even fall asleep. Wow. You know how you go to sleep and you wake up and you're still tired? Yeah, yeah. I'm in that mode right now. Hey, man. You had, you had, a, you had a generational uh, weekend. <laughs> you sound like the Twitter heads, man. You... That, was, that, was your, that was your best performance. That was my, uh, that was my 81-point game? Yeah. I mean, no, bro. Like, honestly, like, I, no BS, bro. That's why I had to give you your love, bro. That, that was an amazing performance you did after the game. Like, yeah, when oh you texted me, I was like, "Oh, if Mark's texting me, then like <laughs> he he's actually impressed." Yeah, like that was high quality stuff, bro. Like that was you're not gonna get anything better than that after the game on the field. Like you interviewed like ten guys, <laughs> and you all got them like to give pour out like raw emotion. Like that was that's what I love the most about it. You know, like being around the team. I'm not every day. Cause it's, I'll just come clean. Like, obviously I'm off like from 41 on Wednesdays and Thursdays and there's practice and availability on those days, but just being around them, I would say twice a week since training camp, uh, you know, you form relationships, man. And it was, it, it was, um, it was cool. It was cool to be there in that moment. It's definitely one of those moments where it's like, I got to save this one for, for, for the uh, shadow box, if you will. <laughs> The shadow box, but uh, what you been on, man? We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. What you been on otherwise? Sunflower Showdown was yesterday. Yeah, man, I saw you out there kicking it with Big J and Little J. That was nice. Uh, had Travis Kelsey in the house. Obviously, he got a lot of love. Did you see the video of him on Twitter after the game? He was at the Will Pizza in Lawrence, hanging out. What's with going him. on? With why is he? Why is he now draping himself in Ku? Is it? Did I miss something? What? What's going on there? What you mean? Like it's it just feels like a weird a weird marriage. Like you see that couple together, it's like, eh, are y'all just like together because of circumstances, or like oh. do y'all actually like each other? <laughs> I mean, you know, I just think it was just circumstances. It's because Juju yeah. and MVS were at yeah, they, the bye week, going from wild card round to divisional round. Well, well, you have to understand though, like. These guys that are not from the area and they play for the Chiefs or get drafted or signed here, they all know about KU basketball. Like KU basketball is a is a brand. Like it's a brand within themselves. We don't have an NBA team there. That's the closest thing you're going to get to watching NBA basketball in the area. So you know, I understand why those guys want to be out there. Especially it's, it's Allen Fieldhouse. Come on, that's the best venue in college basketball. Is that why you hopped on the bandwagon at a very young age? Nah, I remember watching Paul Pierce. In the, oh, in the God. Here we go. Yeah. It was like my early <laughs> memories of watching KU. <laughs> Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Aaron Ladd here in KC. Mark Gunnels out in LA. Steven Serta behind the board. Episode 43. This is a fun one, man. Bye week. Chiefs clinch another trip to the Super Bowl. Never gets old. We'll recap. And, and to be honest, we're going to spend most of this episode recapping. Uh, the AFC title game, no sound yet. We record these on Wednesdays. The team will talk on Thursday. So we'll do a bunch of recap of Chiefs Bengals. We'll kind of dip our toe in the Super Bowl water, but we won't go full Super Bowl preview until next week. Mark and I will both be out in Arizona. We have plans to do a couple shows potentially. So we appreciate y'all rocking with us. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of Chiefs content this week from all angles, but we're going to try to feed you here on Coast to Coast. No picks for Mark this week. Obviously, no game, but we'll revisit how he did last week. And then, of course, look ahead to the big game. Kelsey Bowl, Andy Reid Bowl, Jeremy Macklin Bowl, whatever you want to call it. The Chiefs are in it 
and uh and we're getting ready man excited man um like you always say man don't take it for granted that's like your favorite saying to chief's kingdom don't do it <laughs> don't don't take it for granted man uh, and for the, mo- for the for the most part, people have it. You know, I, anytime I say that, I know people starting to understand that it's just like a thing that I say. But like for the most part, people understand how special this three and four year run is and continues to be. Well, here's the, here's my only pushback to that, and I don't know the select few. We got you know different followers, the same yeah. cover. But I do see a lot of people that didn't make it to the AFC title game this year. They're like, well, you know what? They're going to have another one next year in Arrowhead. So I'll go to that one. Like, it's just like a far gone conclusion now that's going to be an AFC championship game in Arrowhead every year. <laughs> we don't know how much longer the AFC championship is going to be at a home venue because I still saw pro football talk kicking up the stuff uh, over the weekend talking about, hey, I know Atlanta didn't happen, but still could potentially be the 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 tides of change or the winds of change could be in motion potentially don't take it for granted five straight three trips to the super bowl out of the five i mean it just uh, y'all know what my flag is i'm a falcons fan and i i watch chiefs football every sunday in amazement sometimes especially this most recent game man because it's just like by any means necessary kansas city finds a way to get it done yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it always goes back to the head of the snakes, right? And you got three guys. We already know who they are. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. Oh, actually four, because how about Brett Veach? How about this rookie class, Aaron? I mean, don't take that for granted. That is not normal to have this many contributing rookies on a Super Bowl caliber team. Like, yeah, normally you see it on teams that are rebuilding, like the Texans and things of that yeah. nature. It's not supposed to be on a team that can win the Super Bowl that you have seven, eight, nine guys contributing in an AFC championship game. It's really unreal. All right, let's just jump right. Actually, hold on. Hold on. Got to make y'all part of the show. Uh, The show is best when we make y'all part of the show. We can't start the show without making y'all at home part of the show wherever you listen with us live. Six o'clock on Wednesdays on YouTube, Facebook uh arrowhead pride stream or the next day in your podcast at wherever you get us we love making y'all part of the show 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line we'll get to some of those later in the show if you're rocking with us live hashtag c to c gets you into our pantheon and gets you into our conversation we cannot start the show or have the show without you all and we appreciate y'all rocking with us now let's get into the game recap Mahomes avoids He's a magician. Chiefs recap. Is that my end messing up? Oh, you can't you can't hear the music? No. Oh, y'all left me off the music this time. Oh, well, it just ended. It just ended. Yeah. <laughs> it's bye week for everybody. It's all good. Chiefs Bengals. Uh, Kansas City defeats Cincinnati 23 to 20. Harrison Butker, a 45 yarder to win it. Mahomes did not look, and I tweeted this out during the game. Mahomes did not look like a guy who suffered a high ankle sprain just eight days prior. All the reports leading up, and even uh, I think something that was also kind of telltale as far as Mahomes' high ankle sprain, him not having an injury designation going into the game, I didn't look at that highly enough because he was more mobile than I thought he would be especially on that last drive where he picks up five yards on fourth down plus uh the unnecessary roughness that kind of puts them in field goal position but Mahomes on the day 29 for 43 326 passing yards two touchdowns had the fumble loss which was a weird play we'll get into that Joe Burrow uh looked very uncomfortable uh I would say for large portions of the game 26 for 41 270 with a touchdown and two interceptions uh, it's the MVS podium game and should be known as the MVS AFC championship game, considering all the injuries that happened in his role stepping up. He gets eight targets, catches six balls for 116 and a touchdown. And the sacks, man, where they weren't last year in the first time around, Kansas City sacks Joe Burrow five times this time around, including two for Chris Jones, his first of the postseason. I got a couple things now, but we'll bounce around in different orders. You started with the rookies. So let's start there. Kansas City you can't say enough about the contributions that they got from rookies in this game. And I'll just read this tweet from Matt McMullen and just throw it up to you. Cause you already kind of started on the rookies, Isaiah Pacheco, 85 yards from scrimmage, 
Jalen Watson, two pass breakups and a pick. Joshua Williams, an interception. Trent McDuffie was all over the place. George Karloftis gets his first career postseason sack. Brian Cook uh, had the pass breakup that created the interception. And then, of course, Sky Moore, who nobody wanted to see catch a punt or be near a punt, gets one of the biggest plays of the game on punt return, 29 yards to set up uh, the eventual game-winning field goal. Mark, rookies, I mean, Kansas City's not in the Super Bowl without the help of rookies. No, 100%. I mean, you just rattle off all the guys that contributed this past Sunday. And I think it's pretty poetic how Sky Moore was the guy that <laughs> got that punt return in the most crucial moment of the Chiefs season. Because like you said, nobody wanted to see him back there punt returning punts, including me and you, right? But he was forced to because McCole Harmon was out. KT, yep. Kadarius Tony went out. Justin Watson was Justin, out. Justin Watson didn't even play. So you had no other option. Except, I mean, I, he probably maybe could have done Trip McDuffie because he's done it a couple times. But Sky Moore has more experience there. So, and it paid off. It paid off, man. So I think that's really poetic there. Also, how about Joshua Williams? I want to highlight him a little bit more. Because when LeJarius Sneed went down early in the game, I'm sure like me and a lot of other Chiefs kingdom were like, oh, crap. This is not going to be good. Because you know how valuable LeJarius Sneed is in the box as that box yeah. safety, the, the nickel corner. He can travel as well on your best corner. So, And, and he's the most experienced corner out of the group, right? Because you have all these rookies. So he's kind of like that security blanket there that can bring the guys together. So now you're like, oh, man, now we got to bring in another rookie in Joshua Williams, who, quite frankly, hasn't played that many snaps since they decided to move on with, with Watson as that guy over him, right? He was there in spots, but now he had to play majority of the game and he played really well. I mean, for a corner, it's kind of like one of those things, like a kicker, right? If your name doesn't get mentioned that much, it's probably a good thing, unless you're getting interceptions, right? Yeah. Because you want those guys to be quiet, not get targeted that much and just do their job. So the fact that he didn't get mentioned that much on the broadcast, I know you were there, he didn't get mentioned that much besides uh, the interception, obviously. So that's a good thing, man. So shout out to Josh Williams. I always want to highlight him because he went to HBCU. I went to HBCU. So Salute. always always have some, some love there for my HBCU guys. Um, also, Pacheco. He didn't run the ball that well, but he also contributed in the passing game, though. He had, what, over 80 yards from the scrimmage. A lot of those were those little short check downs. You know, nobody's open. Let me get the ball out quick. And he's there. Yeah. And he, it's a lot of yak. So I think he did a lot of good things that didn't go noticed as much because he didn't run the ball that well. But I still think he made some key plays, broke some tackles. So really, really satisfied with this rookie class, especially considering before the year, it was a reset year. We're not going to say rebuild because as long as you got Mahomes and Andy <laughs> Reid, you're never rebuilding. But it was a reset year, reload year. Obviously, you traded Tyreek Hill to get more assets, get younger, have more flex flexibility with the cap. So, you know, before the year, it was all about Buffalo, right? Buffalo is going to come out the AFC. The Chiefs will be in the mix, but they're probably not going to do it without Tyreek Hill. Now you have all these rookies. And like they say, Pacheco always says now, they don't call themselves rookies anymore because this is the second season. You're in the Season's playoff. over, yeah. Yeah, you're not a rookie anymore. So, yeah, by definition, they're rookies, but they have a lot of experience now. What, over close to 20 games they played now? So they are not your typical rookies, and that showed itself this past Sunday in Arrowhead. I just had to take my be real. Are, are you on be real yet, or are you still – the game passed you by already? Uh, the game passed me by. The game passed me. Oh, my goodness. You got to keep up with the young kids. Kansas City's getting into the Super Bowl with the help of their young guys. Lewis Riddick pointed this out. It's the 2022 draft for KC. And, I mean, you can go down the line. Trent McDuffie's a first-round starter. George Karloftis is a first-round starter. You got Brian Cook, who's in your nickel safety. Sky Moore's your fourth or fifth punt return, fourth or fourth wide receiver, and then also plays your punt return duties. Joshua Williams is a starter. Jalen Watson's a starter. Isaiah Pacheco is a starter. Uh, that type of value, that type of – uh, production, uh, that type of availability that you're getting from guys who are entering the league and going through their first postseason, Mark, it, it it's storybook, if you will, as far as what their contributions have been and uh, kind of what you've gotten out of them. Yes, and you mentioned Pacheco briefly, um, and I'll kind of hone in on it. The run game left much to be desired, as it has at some points in times. And you saw Kansas City's adjustment in the game. They tried to run it through the tackles a couple times with Pacheco. 
it didn't work. So the the adjustment from there was, okay, we're going to use the short dump-off pass as our variation of the run game. Get Pacheco in the flats, get him chipping off the edge. Um, there, There's a play specifically, I don't know the, the time stamp, but he chips Trey Hendrickson off the edge, uh, gets the pass, and then breaks through the tackle and gets about four or five yards on a, on a play that really wasn't going anywhere. Um, so I, I salute these guys who you say – aren't rookies anymore, even though they are technically rookies because they have shown us the growth. I remember early in the season, you know, pulling my hair out and, and dealing with Chiefs fans who were pulling their hair out over Pacheco's vision. Yes, he had the energy. Yes, he had the motor to get there, but um, the vision was kind of limited. You can see where the game has slowed down just a tick um, to where he can contribute and, and be a key factor for them. Let's get to some of this sound since you said I had a, a, a goat, a goat. A goat on the field, uh, postseason, post post game or whatever. Let's start with the one that went viral. It's a lot of uh celebrations on the field after third Super Bowl in four years for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I see I, I see the Mahomes family coming down, coming down the podium. So I grab I grab the elder Mahomes, and this is what he got. Joe Burrow pack. Cigar on your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Burrow. You smoking on the Joe Burrow? I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. How's know? it feel to be headed back to Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. You know, my big boy did what he always do. You know, he going to show up and, and show out. And I'm just glad he did it. <laughs> hey, before you talk about this, you know one thing I meant, I meant to say I was going to tell you in private, but I'm just going to say it now. It's oh, like, now you're going to say it on the pod. Okay. No, no, no. But, like, one thing I noticed about your post-game interviews that I found hilarious and I love is you kind of, like, instigated a little bit. Like, you get the guys, like, a little extra hyped up based on what you say. Like, you was like, you're smoking that Joe Burrow pack, huh? Like, you gave him the extra, like, motivation to, like, keep going and get hyped. Like, I like that. Like, Well, it just seemed like he he had something to say. So, to me... I just wanted to give him the runway to say it, you know, I, I, I to me, it was a lot of emotion there. The confetti was falling, you know, you kind of in a, a situation where everybody's around you, like you, you in the middle of the whole team. So, you know, I'm going from one guy to the next. People were like, Oh, you talked to the whole team. It's like, well, I was on the field post. Like everybody's right there. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I give senior his credit. He was obviously excited. He was obviously uh, a, a little energized and excited and a little, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all that, all the above. But uh, it, it, I kind of teed this one up to say, yes, Kansas City heard all the talk. Uh, they heard the borough head. They heard what Cincinnati's mayor had to say. You obviously heard Travis Kelsey's quote by now. Um, this one, th- this one was special for them, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, all the talk leading into this game was Mahomes and this group is on three against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. They own them. Is it their kryptonite? They just can't get over the hump. And then obviously Burrowhead, that took off. And then the mayor did what he did about the paternity test, the scene of Joe Burrow as Mahomes' dad. I can see why that made Pat Mahomes Sr. very, very upset because he's actually his dad. He's actually his father. (laughs) Probably uh, hit a nerve when he saw that, I would imagine. And you know what's funny about all this? The fact that he said the Burrow pack and all that. I feel bad for Joe Burrow because he didn't say any of this. <laughs> but his name got thrown into it because they said Burrowhead. But Joe Burrow himself did not do anything. <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong. He's catching all the strays because his teammates in the mayor are calling it Burrowhead. While he's just giving praise to Mahomes all week and saying how good this Chiefs team is, saying this is still the team to beat. <laughs> and he's catching all the strays and he didn't do nothing. I feel bad for Joe. You know how it is when you when you're management. Sometimes you have to cover up for the flaws, and you know you gotta eat some stuff that wasn't necessarily exactly cooked by you. And in this situation, Mike Hilton was the one who kicked up the burrow head. And there were a lot of things coming out of Eli Apple's camp, not just this year, but last year. And that's what really I think what led to this big explosion of emotion from Kansas City. It wasn't just this week, and I know that that is what people want to hone in on but it was the buildup of all three it was the buildup of the games being so close it was the buildup of uh Cincinnati getting there and not winning and then we saw Kansas City say some stuff last year after the Super Bowl so like it it, it this was finally the straw that we saw let loose let's tee up some more sound with Callan Saunders who actually gives voice to why this one felt so good for the Kansas City Chiefs I ain't gonna lie this is the most gratifying one why 
because you know we we we, we tucked our tail the whole week. We t- we tucked our tail. We didn't say nothing to nobody. We sat there and took the disrespect, and we took the disrespect after hosting five AFC championships. And that's not something you do. That's not something you do every every year. And we took the disrespect. We ain't say nothing to them. We gratified them. We gave them all the respect. We gave them everything they wanted. And now they get to smoke their cigars on the way home. Hell of a quote there. That was very Frank Clark-esque from Colin Saunders. And I want to use this as a tradition to just uh, a transition to highlight what the defense was able to do in this one. Yes, we said five sacks. But to hold Cincinnati to zero total yards in the first quarter alone, uh, you, you can't say enough about the job that they were able to do in making Joe Burrow uncomfortable and making it difficult for him all day on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, they were flying around. Obviously, the D-line was getting a lot of pressures on him, even when they didn't sack him. They were forcing the ball out of his hands a little quicker than probably he wanted to. Because, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals offense, while they can be very methodical and have these 10-plus play drives, they love that that go ball as well. That's still a part of their offense. They love to take shots down the field. But obviously, you can't take shots down the field if you only have one to two seconds to throw the ball. And that's what the defensive line was doing. Shout the Spags for being very creative. He was moving Chris Jones on that line, something he didn't do in the first meeting, which makes me think, Maybe he was holding some stuff back, right? Because Chris Jones was lined up on the outside, the inside. He was everywhere. So I think that was something the Bengals were not prepared for. Also, with his blitz packages, obviously, we know the corners. Willie Gay had a nice blitz. You know, he was mixing things up, not being very vanilla. Because if you show Burrow the same look over and over again, he's going to pick you apart like he did in that first game. He completed nearly 80% of his passes in that Week 13 matchup. The ball didn't touch the ground. And when it doesn't touch the ground, that means the clock is running, less possessions for Patrick Mahomes. I think they only had like seven or eight possessions in that first game. So that's something the Bengals have done really good against the Chiefs is be very good in situational football, control the clock, control the ball, don't turn the ball over, and just wait for the Chiefs to make a mistake. And the Chiefs did make a mistake in this game, though. We'll get to that Mahomes fumble a little bit later. But besides that, for the most part, they played a really clean football game, and it started with the defense setting the tone early in the first quarter. YouTube audience is joining us now, and they're rowdy. Mo Patriot says 95 won that game. A lot of love for Chris Jones in the ch- in the chat. And I got a stat for you all. It's Chris Jones getting eight pressures in the win over Cincinnati. Of those eight plays, and I want to shout out Field Yates on Twitter for this, Three sacks, two of them by Jones himself, and five incompletions. Not a single positive yard on those eight plays of pressure. Also from NFL Next Gen Stats, Jones leads all defensive tackles with 44 total pressure since week 10. He's taken it up a completely another level. Said after the game that he dedicated his entire offseason to this game specifically, and it showed up when they needed him the most. I mean, I, I, I'd never seen this version of, uh, of Chris Jones uh, I had never seen this version of Juan Thornhill, who I talked to on the field after the game. Check out this sound. Talking all week. What, how did it feel? I won't talking all week. They was talking all week about Bellhead and all that bullshit. And then what happened? Now look at the scoreboard. We're the AFC champs. We're the AFC champs. Write that shit down for next year. Did I instigate that, Mark? I instigated that. Yeah. And then what happened? <laughs> That's a journalistic question. See, I, it's a journalistic question. What happened? You know, no, and what happened? I loved it. I already gave you, I gave you your flowers. I'm just pointing it out. It was just funny to me because like it gets them extra hyped up. You're like, and then what happened? You know what happened? Look at the scoreboard. <laughs> oh man. The, the, you could tell how much invented in the defense. Uh, I mean, Kansas city doesn't win this game without the defense. And they showed us that lull in the second quarter. Uh, to third quarter where the offense is kind of sputtering and, and things aren't clicking the way they're supposed to. Defense holds the minute. Defense is not perfect because we can point out a couple plays. I know the fourth down where Jamar Chase makes a play. I mean, the the, the Bengals are going to win sometimes. In the, as people would say, I mean, they're on scholarship too. You know, they're good. Um, and we got some people in the chat that maybe think the defense could have played better. But holding Cincinnati to 20 points in a championship game, that's a win, and and Kansas City got it done. Yeah, I mean, you can always nitpick some stuff, right? But as you mentioned, they get paid, too. They're on scholarship, too. Those guys are there for a reason, 
right? And they, we all agree these are the four best teams for this championship Sunday. So they're going to make plays. You're not going to shut them down completely. So they the defense gets an A, A plus, A plus, 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 plus. I don't care how many pluses you want to put on it. They played amazing. They set the tone early. And I think that was the key to the game because from that point on, you could tell Joe Burrow didn't trust his, his offensive line because they started yeah. off first quarter. And that's a trickle effect on the rest of the game. Now he may be seeing ghosts, right? We've heard that saying before. But seeing ghosts really means, you know, there's pressure there when it's really not even pressure. But the fact that you've already been knocked down several times in the first quarter, you're a little hesitant. So you feel like there's always going to be pressure every time you drop back. And I think that was key uh, as far as the mentality goes, the mindset of the Bengals offense moving forward. They did make some adjustments. They did get a little better in the second half. I will give them that. Went to more of the quick game and things of that nature. But for the most part, this Chiefs defense balled out. Shout out to Spags. I know Spags is a very uh, controversial controversial figure in uh, Chiefs Twitter at times, especially early in the parts of the season. But for some reason, his defenses always get better in the back half of the year, every single year. So now I ask, is that the point now where we just have to – Ignore the first eight to nine weeks <laughs> because we have so much evidence of it getting better every single year during the back half. So I think that's a fair question moving forward. Don't worry about the defense for the first eight weeks. Then after that, fair game. Especially when you got so many young guys like they did this year. You knew it was going to take some time. How about some other unlikely heroes as well? We're recapping the AFC title game. Aaron Ladd here in KC. Mark Gunnell's out in L.A. on Chiefs Coast to Coast episode forty. Three unlikely heroes, three guys. I got Marcus Kemp, who quite literally was only out there because of the Chris Lamont's move and special teams and the injury attrition that Kansas City suffered in this game. His first catch of the season for 13 yards comes up when Kansas City needs it the most. Sky Moore, who we've detailed ad nauseum, his punt return issues, his punt muff issues. He was relegated out of that role, had the three fumbles or three muff punts this year. He comes up with the 29-yard punt return to set Kansas City's game-winning drive up. And then Harrison Bucker, who at times we came on this pod and said, it's broken, it needs to be fixed. We don't have the same faith in him that we did. We were talking about his cap hit and the number that maybe we, we would need to look at to possibly move off of him and see what his replacement would be for next year. Those three guys, not, I mean, yes, obviously Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and all the other guys that helped get him in that position. But without those three guys and the plays that they make when it's nut crunch time, Mark, we're not we're having a completely different pod today. Yeah, I mean, let me start off with Marcus Kemp first. Talk about a guy that just always seems to stick around the Chiefs Man. for some reason. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, you can't get rid of him. You know, he gets released, he get right back on the practice squad, he bring get brought up, gets released again, doesn't have a job. He knows the Chiefs gonna hit him up in a couple of weeks. Hey, we need you back, bro. Like, <laughs> he's always around for some reason, man. And I think it's poetic as, again, man, the fact that he had that key catch, right? That first down, 13 yards. You have three receivers go down. Aaron, Juju, Kadarius Tony, McCole Hardman. Those are three of your top four receivers. No Watson down. as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have no Watson. And so, I mean – just incredible, man. Shout out to the offensive play calling, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, putting guys in the right spot despite being severely down. Looking at the film right now, I'm getting it next to Harrison Bucker, a guy that's been much maligned this season. I mean, we had guys breaking down the way balls are snapped and held. I've never seen that before. Like, we were really having, like, <laughs> breakdowns of, you got to hold the ball at this certain angle and – you got to have the laces out or in or like, this is crazy. We That was a real discourse on Chiefs Twitter for a couple of weeks. And he's been clean the past, what, three or four games? I don't think he's missed a kick, including extra points. So hopefully, I guess he's healthy now. And then also it's playoff football. It's mind over matter at some point, even if you're not 100% healthy, led by Patrick Mahomes. Case example right there. The guy had a high ankle sprain, like you said before. Couldn't really tell you had one eight days ago. He's still moving around pretty good to me. So I think when you have a leader that's battling like that, there's no excuses. If you have a couple of knickknack injuries here and there, it's this point in the season where nobody's 100%, right? We're, we're at 20 games now. Nobody. Be, the Super Bowl will be game 22, I believe. 22. Or, 22. Or, yeah. 
nobody's 100% at this point in the season. So shout out to Bucker, though, because as much as we talked bad about him, we need to talk exactly the same in praise because the disrespect was very loud. The apology has to be even louder. Harrison Bucker has been amazing the last few games, and hopefully he keeps it up next Sunday. And remember, Mark, on the very first play of the Chiefs season this year in Glendale, Arizona, the regular season opener, on the opening kickoff, Harrison Butker suffers a high ankle sprain and is not the same for the rest of the year. And that arc comes full circle in two weeks in Glendale, Arizona, where hopefully a redemption story for Harrison Butker uh, occurs. Our chat is very active right now. Josh Connor says, what's up, Mark? It's JC from the Twitter spaces. We were talking about popping on the Twitter spaces again soon. We got to We got to feed those streets again, man. Yeah, absolutely. We'll schedule something. We'll we got to get something going. Ciao, JC. People, what's up, man? A lot of people going back and forth. Obviously, MVS is somebody that it was not an unlikely hero. I mean, you're, he was a hero and, and they needed him when the numbers were dwindling down. At a certain point, it was Sky Moore. MVS, Jody Fortson, Noah Gray, and Travis Kelsey. Those were your pass. Ca- <laughs> those were your pass catchers out there. Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, like it, it was you and me out there catching balls, and somehow the Chiefs got it done. A lot of energy expended after the game, and a lot of people smoking on that Joe Burrow. So our voicemail in wonders if it was too much excitement. Hey guys, first time, long time. The name is Keith Feeney. My question is for Mark. And it's, can you get it together with your guy, Aaron, running onto the field and riling up all these Chiefs before they have to play in the Super Bowl? We need to save some of that energy. Go get your boy, Mark. Thanks. Enjoy the show. You got to cue me. Is it, is it over yet? It's over. It's over. Uh, we got fans. These fans sound familiar. But we have fans, Mark. <laughs> can we can we blow the cover on who that is, or is it too obvious? Or do we well, to... well, answer the question first. Was Kansas City okay. too fired up? I mean, is it possible that you know they they that was the Chiefs Super Bowl, and now that they were they're in for a letdown in two weeks? <laughs> your look, the look on your face tells me everything. <laughs> no, because this team has already won a Super Bowl. They're going to their third Super Bowl. Granted, a lot of new faces, so a lot of these guys, it's their first Super Bowl. But when you get into that room, the expectation is Super Bowl. So even if you haven't been before, as soon as you sign that sign on the dotted line as a free agent or as a rookie, and you're in that meeting room, you see Mahomes, you see Andy Reid and the guys, you know the expectation before the year. So you know that's the standard. So no, this was not their Super Bowl. It was all about what you said earlier, the buildup of that particular opponent. If this was the Bills or anybody else, I don't think you get that much emotion you after don't the game. at all. Not yeah. at all. Any other opponent, to be honest with you, yeah, any other it opponent was specific yeah. to Cincinnati. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and now we're re- <laughs> we're revealing, and, and the chat was already they were already hit. That was Keith. Him. That's Keith Feeney. <laughs> 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 no, shout out to Pete Sweeney, man. <laughs> he, he didn't even hide it. Like he didn't even he didn't even try to use a different voice. Like, <laughs> I think he's je- I think he's jealous. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> I hope that cake is sitting well, Mister Feet Sweeney, Feet Feeney, whatever. <laughs> but no, they weren't they weren't too excited. It was just because it was the Bengals, the zero and three, the Burrow head. Eli Apple, all that in one. There's a lot of buildup. So, yeah, I think that's why you got that. And you got two weeks, well, what, week and a half to prepare for the Super Bowl. So they'll be fine. I think this is where you, if you're Kansas City, and we're not doing a full Super Bowl preview for all of you who are just chiming in. Uh, we're going to do a couple episodes next week leading up to the big game. So we're just kind of touching our foot in, doing a lot of recap of the AFC title game. I, I think – the this is if you're Kansas City, this is where you start to rely on that championship medal. This is not your first trip to the Super Bowl. This is your third trip in four years. I know it's a lot of different faces, but for the most part, that core is still there. You talk about the three-headed snake or the four-headed snake or whatever you want it to be. Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, uh, Brett Veach, Patrick Mahomes, like those guys understand that the job is not finished. And and specifically, uh, Mahomes talking with Carrington Harrison, my boy, seat out of 6'10 in his weekly appearance. He says, once you lose one, 
that sticks with you more than winning did. And that, to me, told me everything I need to know about Patrick Mahomes' mindset in turning the page from the championship round to the Super Bowl. Because he know he still, still to this day, I haven't asked him this, but I'm sure if I asked him, he would he would agree. That loss burns him up more than the win does. That loss right now sticks with him and is motivating him to win this game or to move on and turn the page from this game. I have no fear um, that the rest of the locker room will see that, even if they weren't in Tampa or weren't part of that loss. Um, I think that that will be felt around the the organization, knowing just how important this situation is and this opportunity is, because you, you can't take these for granted, Mark Gunnels. Hashtag don't take it for granted. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. But that's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 100%. And... Here's something that I would do if I was the coach or offensive line coach for the Chiefs. Even though none of those guys were there. You play it back. You, you, you're running it back. I'm showing them that film because you're going against the best D-line in football. The Eagles led the league in sacks this year. So yeah. it's kind of it's very comparable to how good that Tampa D-line was at that point. Now, obviously, the offensive line for the Chiefs is much better than that uh, backup offensive line they had in that game. But you're still going against a very ferocious D-line. And I'm showing him that film of when he was running for his life. Because that should motivate them even more to make sure that going against the Eagles front, that they do their job. Because it's going to be a tall task. It's going to be Imano Imano. You have a top five O-line in the Chiefs. You got the best D-line in football in the Eagles. It's going to be a really, really good battle of the trenches on both sides of the ball. So I know we're going to not dive too deep into it, but just as far as a motivational factor, I think that's something that you should show those guys. Colleen Thornburg is rocking with us. She's in Lawrence and says the Chiefs have unfinished business. Uh, I mean, I, I would tend to agree with unfinished business. I think Kansas City knows what's at stake and what's on the line. And uh, we'll get our first taste of what they have to say tomorrow, starting with Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Today, Wednesday, we got our first taste of the injury report. The team did not practice, so these are practice estimations, meaning the team looked at where the guys are in their injury rehab or where they are in their timeline and basically assumed what their participation level would be if the team had a practice on Wednesday. It is as follows, and it's not pretty for Kansas City, but it is early. Tony, Juju, Hardman, and Sneed were all given DNP statuses, did not practice. It's an ankle for Tony, knee for Juju, pelvis injury re-aggravated in the win for McCole Hardman, and Legereus Sneed is in the concussion protocol. Trey Smith and Willie Gay listed as limited participants. It's Wednesday of the bye week, so let's preface everything we say with that. We are not jumping off a bridge. We are not ringing the alarm. But where is your panic level or panic or patience level with uh, these guys that are on the injury list? Yeah, I mean, like you highlighted, it's Wednesday, the week before the Super Bowl. So I think it'll be very premature to panic at this point. So I really have no panic right now. None of the injuries seemed major, right? Like none of them were like, oh, he's for sure not going to be able to play in this game. So I think considering the fact that it's the Super Bowl and after this game, you have six months to rest, I, I think every guy on that list will give it a go. And not to mention, I think it's important to highlight during one of your post-game interviews, McCole Hardman actually said that. He he said he expects to be a full go. Yeah, I forgot about that. Do we have that sound, Serta? Sure. He says yes. Yeah, let's throw it to him. Okay. 
Okay. We're coming out here. This is the first thing, you know, something happened that, you know, to re-aggravate it. But, um, oh, no, man, I think I should be right and get ready before I go for Super Bowl. You see all this confetti. What does it mean to be going to a Super Bowl? Going back to a Super Bowl, really? I mean, good, man. You know, four years, four NFC championships, you know, four division winner champions, two Super Bowls. Um, so, uh, actually going to the third Super Bowl now. So, um, it's a great match. I, I can't ask for that better. Um, I love this team. I love the coaches everything. So, hope we can get this thing win, uh, get a Super Bowl, and break it back to KC again. I'll joke before I get serious. You never see Kadarius, Tony, and McCole Hardman in the same room. I mean, it's like once you see one guy, then the other guy steps out. And then when one guy steps I mean, it's like they, <laughs> they can't be on the field at the same time. As much as everybody wants them to be on the field at the same time, it dreams and salivates. It, it, it has not happened yet this year for Kansas City. We've talked about this on the pod. Uh, you know how I felt about McCole Hardman or what I heard about McCole Hardman. He was out there. He gave it a go. Didn't seem close to 100% for me. And the fact that it was re-aggravated in such a limited role, I, I, I'm, I, I'm pessimistic on his effectiveness in the Super Bowl, not his availability anymore, because obviously we know he's going to go out there whether he's healthy or not. I'm, I wonder what his effectiveness would be against the Eagles. Yeah, then hopefully that extra week off helps. And I think part of it, I don't have no inside source on this or anything, but I think he was good enough to play. But I do believe the fact that it was the last game in Arrowhead, which could be his last game in Arrowhead as a chief, I think that may have played a little bit of factor in it why he had a little extra push to get out there because he's a fridge after this year. So we don't know what's going to happen. Will he be back or not? So I think that quietly played a little bit of a factor, at least in his mind. But um, as far as Juju and Tony goes, I don't know if you were able to see them after the game. Were they walking around gingerly? Do you have any updates like from what you saw on the field from those guys? I didn't see Juju talk to Kadarius Tony after, and I cut that part or asking about his injury off the one that I posted. He said he was okay. I don't really buy into when guys say I'm good right after the game and they're headed to a Super Bowl. You yeah, know, yeah. like he's yeah. not going to say much. Um, I didn't really look at his ankle or doing that kind of stuff. Okay. If I had to guess, like you, I think he's going to give it a go. I think he understands what is at stake. This is a guy who's in his first season in Kansas City and is already in a Super Bowl. He knows how he knows what they want to get him involved and what he can do when he gets the football in his hands. Um, if I'm looking at this list right now, Wednesday, the bye week before the big game, if I'm Kansas City, I'm holding my breath most about Legereus Sneed. Not that they can't afford to play without him, but I would be nervous. I think everybody in Chiefs Kingdom was nervous when you look there and it's like, okay, well, we're midway through the first quarter and now our number one corner is down and we're having to rely on three rookies against what arguably was the best wide receiver core in the league. Uh, you, you, you like your chances better if he's out there concussion as we know a non-linear injury you can have good days you can have bad days um it, that's the one that gives me the most pause if i'm a kansas city chiefs fan and the one i'm monitoring the most headed into game day yeah and not to mention you said the Bengals were the best receiving core now you're going against arguably the second best yeah because Devontae smith is a number one on a lot of teams and then we know about aj brown and then if you mentioned dallas goddard i was as well. about to say can't forget dallas goddard yeah he's a top five tight end based on yeah. production this year. So, you, you you know, you don't get a break. <laughs> you go from the Bengals to the Eagles, who have arguably just as much weapons, if not more, because their running back room, I think, is better than Cincinnati's as well. So it's going to be a tall challenge. All right, let's dip our toe in these Super Bowl storylines really quickly. Obviously, the first matchup between two brothers in the big game is Jason for the Eagles, Travis for the Chiefs. In the New Heights Bowl, the Cincinnati Bowl, whatever you want to call it. I saw the Kelsey's came out and said, we don't want it to be the Kelsey Bowl. We don't like that storyline. We don't want to hear from that. It's much more than about us. Still cool to see their personalities on the big stage, Mark. Oh, yeah, 100%. And this Super Bowl is not short of storylines. The Kelsey Bowl. Obviously, Andy Reid going against his old team in Philadelphia. And one of people don't really talk about that much. Did you know Nick Sirianni used to be on the Chiefs staff? He yeah, actually, so I, uh, yeah, go he actually ahead. got fired by Andy Reid because when Andy Reid came in, you know, I, I say fired tongue-in-cheek, right? Because a lot of guys, when they come in, they bring their own staff. Yeah. So he, he was let left go. He was let go. Yeah, he yeah. was let go from the old regime. And then, obviously, you know, he ended up being a head coach down in Philly down the line. So I think that's really cool, the fact that you have Andy Reid going against his old team. 
Seriani going against his old team, the guy that, did, that didn't want to keep him around. You got the Kelsey Bowl, obviously. You got the top two MVP candidates this year, Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. And not to mention the first time you have two black starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. That's probably my favorite headline out of all of them. But there's like legit four or five that the national media should care about. So I think the NFL got what they wanted in this one. Yeah, I mean, two one seeds out of both conferences. You can't complain about the quarterback matchup. I think specifically to them both being black quarterbacks. I mean, there's no telling what the impact of this could be on the game going forward. Obviously, the NFL is huge. And I'm not saying there's going to be kids who aren't watching the NFL previously that are going to see this and be like, oh, my God, I'm in love. But maybe they'll consider, hey, maybe I should specialize in football a little bit more. If Mahomes can do it, I can do it. Um, maybe they'll look back into Jalen Hurts' story about how he was replaced in the, the national title game in Alabama and had to find a new path. You know, it's just um, it's it, it, there's no there, there's never any dull moment for storylines when you're talking about a Super Bowl. But this one, it seems like they've made it so easy. I've got the quote here from Andy Reid talking about Nick Sirianni and how to how that whole thing kind of went down. He said, Ted Cruz. <clears throat> excuse me, who's actually the vice president of communications for the Chiefs, was his biggest fan, talking about Nick Sirianni. But at the time, Andy Reid had David Culley. And David Culley, who we all know was let go by the Houston Texans previously, Andy Reid's coaching tree is huge. But he was the assistant head coach with Andy Reid for 14 years at the time. So the decision was already made. Uh, but Andy Reid ultimately goes on to say, uh, I knew if he was being as good as he was and the reputation he had, it he was going to get something, and it ended up working great for him, and now they're facing off in the big game. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very – I keep saying this word, but it really fits. It's really poetic, man. Like, yeah. everything about this matchup, it, it truly is. And let me give you one more. Now, this is a little a little funny one, right? You know, because you're local, you're in the area. Sure. The Jeremy Macklin Bowl. I didn't. I, I didn't yeah, even think he played. He played for both. Yeah, he played for both. I didn't even think about that. That was a. Good, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. You should tweet that just to be funny. It's already out. It's already out there. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> but um, how about this? Two Big Twelve quarterbacks. I know Hurts went to Bama first, but he got his cloud yeah. up at Oklahoma. He had to restart. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's pretty cool. Oklahoma, Texas Tech. So it's a lot, man. Uh, we're talking injuries. Want to give one quick update on Willie Gay. This is from Jeremy Fowler says, despite he hurt his shoulder, early tests encouraging. Sounds like he's probably going to give it a go. I mean, like, unless, unless come hell or high water, I, I, like you said, I expect, I expect most of the guys to give it a go. Let's go down to Vegas before we get out of here. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by at least first. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Oh, no picks this week, but I want to recap a good week for you. Like you said, you want the flowers to be as loud as the disrespect was. You want the apology to be as loud as the disrespect was. So here we are. Mark went 2-1 and one on championship weekend, including correctly picking the AFC champion. It was the Kansas City Chiefs. That was his first pick. He picked the Chiefs money line. It's a winner. Kelsey over on touchdowns. It was at uh, 0.5. Kelsey snagged a touchdown in the win, 78 receiving yards for Kansas City. And then this was a surprising one. On the bum ankle, the bad wheel, Mahomes still as mobile and spry as ever. He goes over on the passing yard number that Mark picked the under on. 326. I mean, my goodness. It makes yeah, no sense. That, yeah, that shocked me. And that was one of those bets where if I got it wrong, as a chief supporter, I'm not going to be too mad about it. So I kind of was a, in a win-win situation there, especially if I won the other two that I felt really, really confident about. So, uh, yeah, but I would have never envisioned that he would throw over 300 yards, man. I, I, I'm really shocked. I really am. Two and one last week, 25 and 31 on the year. We'll have to come up with something interesting. If we're giving you all two episodes next week, maybe Mark will do like the game in one, some prop bets in the other. We'll get in the lab. We'll give you all some winners. A lot of people who aren't usual bettors like to bet or do stuff around the Super Bowl, so we'll make sure you all are ready to go come game time. Let's scroll through the chat real quick and get some last-minute questions answered before we get out of here. Uh, if you see something, go ahead. Uh, from Tommy Sparks here, he says, you guys think Andy has an edge going into this Super Bowl? Um, I mean, yeah, if you're talking about just the coaching matchup, obviously Nick Sirianni is a young coach. Uh, he hasn't been doing it that long. 
Uh, this will be his first, obviously, Super Bowl. Andy Reid's been the what five or six because he went to two in Philly. Yeah, this will be his fifth one, right? His fifth one overall. So I think that plays a key because you have these two weeks, right? So he has the schedule down. He knows what works, what doesn't work, you know, as far as rest and recovery, um, how much practice time, you know, where to allocate the resources in certain areas to where Nick Sirianni, this is his first go around. Yeah, now, I'm sure he has guys in his staff that may have been in Super Bowls before or players that can give some advice here and there, but it's a little different when you're not the head of the snake. So I do think there is an advantage as far as preparation heading into the game. I will say that. I mean, there's only one coach in NFL history that has more postseason wins than Andy Reid. Like, if there's a guy who if there's a guy who's got a coaching advantage or a championship advantage or whatever, I it's Andy Reid. And he talked about shout out Feeney or whatever his name is, but he asked Andy Reid this week <laughs> about what the team's plan is about deciding between what to do this week or whatever. Apparently, the Chiefs are using this week, the bye week, as kind of their install week, the game plan week. Get all the plays in. We're going to go dig deep on Philly and exploit them and get what we want to get installed so that when they get down to Arizona and there's all the distractions of media night and Mark Gunnell's trying to take selfies and all that other stuff, then they've already got the basis of what they want to do on Sunday down. So if the question is who has the advantage, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm taking the guy who's been coaching in the league for my entire lifetime. Yeah, hundred percent. I think somebody was asking what channel will the game be on? Was it's going to be on forty one still, right for the Super Bowl? It's on Fox. They were asking who we were. Oh. They were, they, they oh. were trying to figure out why who, if we were qualified to speak on these things. They're like, they're like, who who are these bums? You know? Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I was trying to see where they're coming from with that. Okay, so they're like, who are these guys? Okay, I got you. <laughs> We're these guys, guys will, that talk sports, you know, no big deal. These guys will be in Arizona getting y'all ready for the big matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Two episodes next week, whether it's a space, whether it's a traditional, stay in the loop with us. We'll get y'all caught up. Anything else before we get out of here, Mr. Uh, B Great MG? Oh man, so are we going to check out some food spots down there in Arizona? What's up, bro? Are we outside? I'm always out there. I mean, hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm on the company card too. I mean, hey, oh, just, you must just, swipe that one. <laughs> hey, but we got the emails from your boy, right? He still sent the email through, right? All right, talk to y'all next week, man. <laughs> we out. <laughs>